at the end of the the school play field, um, there was an anthill, and I used to love to go out there and, and with my micronauts and pretend they were being swallowed by the, the ants. <laughs> and, and, and of course, I mean, just, you know, these poor ants destroying their ecosystem because I'd right. stuff my micro, micronauts in there and then try and get them out. I'd be like, ants. <laughs> Dango, this guy f***ing loved micronauts. I loved micronauts. He used to, he had all the covers of the issues. He used to lay them all out next to each <laughs> other and stare at all the covers together. Adorable stuff. What made you like those so much, Roman? The toys or the comics? The comics. Well, both, both, I guess. I mean, I, as a franchise, yeah. I didn't even know that there was toys, actually. Yeah, they were in America. They were called Micronauts. They were, but in Japan, where they came from, they were called Micromen. Um, <laughs> and it, it was just, I think they were the first American toys, at least I ever saw, action figures that were, um, they they were much more articulated. They're they they you know their arms bent at the elbow and their knees bent at the knee and their right. feet and their hands turned around and their heads moved. And they were cool colors, and they had like Pharoid who came with his own like Egyptian sarcophagus that he traveled through time in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and for a while, Marvel had the right, so they did a Micronauts comic, and Pat Broderick was the artist, and at least the cover art. And I'd never seen he was different from I think any other comic book artist I'd seen to that at that point. So I was like, "Well, this is different. doing all the stippling stuff at that point." I don't remember because eventually, yeah. oh he yeah, was yeah, like he was super full of dots. Yeah. Yeah, he was doing that stuff. Huh. And for a while, I forget why, Marvel lost the rights, but they still had, oh, the character Bug, who's an insectoid character, and he and Marvel invented him for the comic book, so they still, had, they still owned him, and he showed up in Guardians of the Galaxy like five or six years ago. Huh. It's, it's two green goblins. Bug was green like a goblin. Presents a perfectly acceptable podcast special episode 318. 318. It's a comic place podcast. You know, it's three buddies who like to talk to each other and use comic books as an excuse to try and hang out and make each other laugh for like an hour. So I'm not sure if you're here for the goofs or the comic discussion, but if you're here just for one of the two of those, we're probably not giving you enough of that. Because we have our legs spread across across this chasm, and there's mm-hmm. nothing oh below us except for Django hangs down at the bottom of the chasm. I'm Django. Water's a little cold. I'm Django too. I'm I'm Django infinitum. Damn it! Oh man! Damn it! Never really, let him go last. He just has the best one. Really good at rock paper scissors. <laughs> Django and I are sitting here with like scissors and paper, and you're like fire. Lightning, <laughs> nuclear bomb. You, know, you can't just make up rules, Roman. All right. Tsunami. I'm tsunami. I'm entropy. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, Heat death in- of the universe. Yeah. Existential ennui. And that's why we gather here to talk about existential ennui. A lot of the times that we gather here, we have a fourth spiritual guest who's sort of here in a kind of a workman friendly capacity. And uh, I'm going to see if he's here with us right now. Is his name Will Will Elmer Elmer? Yeah, it is. But he's not here right now. 
Is he related to the Gloom Oh, wait, no, just a second. Family? Wait, sorry. I just got into Will and I's shared email for a different podcast. He's one uh, of the glue people, isn't he? Oh, he is here with us. Yeah, his family were the first people to be able to sh- stare at a horse and realize the potential at those feet. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Think of all the jello they could make out of that glue. Gelatin. Hello and happy episode number 318. Oh, thank God I was right. Hey guys, <laughs> I was reading a comic the other day and it left me wondering a lot about IPs. And by IPs, I mean non-comic-based, you know, Marvel DC IPs. Um, and I was kind of wondering, like, how much, how much untapped potential is out there if we could just get some quality creators, writers, and artists on some comics are left me wondering what IP would you guys love to get just an all-star treatment, whether there's already comics based off of it, or it's something that's a movie, TV show, video game, book, turned into a comic that you'd love to see some high quality writers and artists on. What would you pick? Who would you put on it? Tell me what you guys got. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Don't say Thank the you. Don't say the shadow. Don't Thank you shadow. so much, Will. <laughs> and I just want to take a quick moment. You always say, turn up, love you guys. Awesome. And I love you. Awesome. I bet I know what comic he was reading, which is probably going to, we'll use this question as a segue <clears throat> into our first discussion uh, on a book this week. Good, but Good idea. Um, I'm read your goddamn mind, Jeff. Thanks, bud. I'm here for you. I, I expose my little clam to you all the time, so I would expect that you know that the pearl... I just throw dirt pearls in there for you. Oh, poopy. I'm feeding um, you dirt! <laughs> I'm making dirt. Um. Okay, okay, okay. I got a couple to jump to mind. The Shadow, first and foremost. God damn it! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't give a fuck about that guy. He's just a Batman <laughs> ripoff. Um, I would love to see wonderful all-star creators do something in the world of Akira because that franchise mm. has basically been a closed circle since it was made 30 years ago or whatever. Um, I would love to see some Bloodborne content with creators doing something I like more than what Titan has done with those comics. Those are fine comics and I like having any access to the world, but I would love to have like Hickman or somebody brilliant doing those. Um, uh, I would love... I would I would love that Elden Ring or Bloodborne. I would like to see the expanded 1984 universe. Ooh, like what's happening in Eurasia? And, My Asia, uh, Eurasia. We've okay. always been at war with Eurasia, Jeff. Yeah. You mean um, you mean 1984 the the book? Yeah. The yeah. George George Orwell, I think. Yeah, it was yeah. Orwell. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to see like I just want sure like to see meant- some other perspectives. Like, how about if we could see it from the government's perspective and get like. Yeah. Uh, 1984 government apologist story where they're like, well, the reason we have to do this is because the people are horrible. And then maybe something from another country where we see the way that those people are being oppressed and, and the way that they revolt. Like, huh. I, I think that'd be the direction cool. I thought you were going to go with this question, Django. Oh, yeah. I like um, you. I'm full of surprises. And poo dirt or whatever you said. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just making fun. dirt pearls. Dirt. Yeah. I'm just making dirt pearls over here. I didn't expect it either. That's why I asked 84. Because remember that uh, Mark Miller, Millar comic he did for Marvel, that limited series called 1984? Oh, it was 85? Yeah. Oh, damn. I thought it was 84. And that was (laughs) the one where... No, it's where the kid is reading. It's like a kid in our world, and then like yeah. he somehow opens up a portal between our world and the Marvel world, and it's 1985, and all the Marvel villains and heroes come to our reality. Hmm. Sounds like a good way yeah. to get a Gwenpool. We got to stop making derivative characters, like other world characters. Of It was like we, they struck gold on it, and now it's like I read Spider-Man India this week, and like 
dang. I mean, the thing is, after everything everywhere all at once, you can stop. Like they won that game, but all these other projects were already in the pipe. So, you know, we're still going to get a, a ton of them probably until they milk that beast withered. Um, Roman, did you did you answer? I did not. What was your answer? Um, milk it from him. Also like Pokemon Boy, I, or Digimon. I would like some good Pokemon Digimon content. I would like, you know, and there's plenty of Godzilla comics, but I wish like some made some good major good creators would do awesome Godzilla stories. Like the like, you know, we had James Stoko do that, so more good, of that yeah. kind of thing. Want yeah. I want a Grant Morrison Godzilla story that's That'd actually awesome. like ends with the Earth being destroyed or Alan something. Moore writing Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. And other um, than that, other than that, I don't know. You know, it'd be fun to see like Columbo comics. And just like major, like I don't know, a Grant Morrison and Ed- Eduardo Riso Columbo story. That'd be pretty cool. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, it could be Columbo and what's the new show that is basically Columbo with the Russian doll girl in it? Oh, um, Poker Face. Poker Face Columbo crossover. Yeah, nice. by yeah. anybody but Dynamite. I think. I think yeah. we could pull this off. Yeah, Dynamite. We can't also, do it. <laughs> I would always love, and I read the first. Um, issue of any transformers franchise ever but i've never gotten good comics from like creators i like that are transformers at all and i would yeah. love that and at yeah. the end of an issue this week we got a, a teaser for a new image series that is going to be written and drawn by daniel warren johnson about transformers and that is actually the promise of something that like i've wanted forever so Dude, yeah will in response to your question uh the advertisement we got this week for that new transformers book is got me hot and bothered that's that's the right answer jeff transformers by daniel warren johnson yeah it's or a- 1984 by daniel warren johnson oh yeah he could do anything really. or columbo by daniel warren johnson <laughs> he's a great writer and artist but i think that's a good segue into talking about void rivals number one which came out from image comics this week by robert kirkman and lorenzo del felici roman or Django, sorry you held your finger up uh we're gonna spoil comics continue we're gonna spoil some comics get ready for that um this is robert kirkman's new book they've been keeping it under wraps for until today well until it came out this week um a month ago the skybound people which is an imprint of image comics that uh robert kirkman runs um had like a video call with morgan kaiju perry who we all love and they let retailers in on the secret that this book is going to ultimately be a crossover between Transformers and G.I. Joe while introducing a whole world that they're creating at Image Comics because they have acquired the IP. Uh, so we knew that going into it and ordering it, but people did not know it when they came into the store. So we were trying to like coyly tell people to get it. Um, and it, was, but, yeah. it was a secret from like comic book media until about five days before release which is it's wild to me that retailers were able to keep our collective trap shut for that yeah comics as an industry do not seem good about keeping their mouth shut and and so it was very cool like we had the meeting and they were like yeah please don't tell anybody about this i don't necessarily know why they wanted it to be such a secret but it's a it's a pretty cool concept for me i have no love for the gi joes but i do love transformers i would not have read this if it wasn't a big, exciting secret, really it was revealed late. Yeah, I I don't give a shit about Transformers comics. Yeah, I enjoy the movies, true. I enjoyed the toys, but um, that that would not have been a draw for me unless it was like this is a secret thing. It, it really made me want to read it, and I really like the story too. Yeah, Roman, did you read this? Yeah, and I think Django. Yeah, Django, same thing for me, Django. I wouldn't have read this except I think on. Tuesday morning, one of you or Sean Braden, somebody said, "Oh, it's a secret Transformers book." And that got me. 
If it had just mm-hmm. been Transformers number one, I probably wouldn't have read it. Nice. Hell no. And I, I guess what's super exciting about this is that Robert Kirkman is a huge fan of Transformers and G.I. Joe and is somebody who generally writes comic, comics, comics. Um, even a bad Robert Kirkman book, I enjoy. I can't think of any Robert Kirkman books that I'm like, nah, I don't want any more of that. Like there's maybe ones I haven't finished, but I do think yeah. in general he knows the form and he knows how to write comics and entertain people in a way that um, is exciting for me. So to have him and then you know, be headlining this Energon universe that they're creating at Image uh, is very exciting for me. And this book was a very soft reveal for all of that. We basically get two, a little saga-esque, there's two warring people in space. I forget the names of each of them, of those species. But uh, one person from each of those races ends up crash land on a planet and they have to start working together to try and get off the planet. And there's much tension between them. And they're exploring it and their ships are crashed and they find the ship broken down they're like we could probably see some of these parts. And as they start wiggling around with it, uh, it turns out that it is a transformer who's like, holy shit, how long have I been here? And then <laughs> flies off and they're like, well, crap. And then they take their helmets off and reveal that they have more in common than they probably think they do. It's, but it's an Agorian and a Zertonian. There we go. A and Z. Oh, wow. Nice one. Hmm. And um, and yeah, <laughs> I thought it was a, a I think in a transformers book it seems like there's always a ton of work done in the first two issues to like set a political landscape and a social religious landscape that makes the war between decepticons and autobots make a lot of sense and it always kind of sucks all of the joy out of it and they become these yeah. very political things <laughs> that aren't even fun or interesting so to have the transformer you know setting the plate for transformers not be the priority of this i liked a lot yeah yeah and it it like I don't know, man. The, I thought the story was really solid. I I like this guy's art more in this than I liked it in Oblivion with Song. Oblivion Song. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of it had to do with Matthias Lopes, Lopez, the colorist. Uh, it's a much richer feeling world. The backgrounds are, it's just like a deserty, cold, shitty planet. But um, I like the backgrounds. It's I guess the book isn't as noisy as Oblivion Song felt to me visually. Yeah. Yeah, I have a hard time putting my finger on what the differences are, but I do think that it is markedly different than than the style that he was employing in Oblivion Song for sure. Yeah. And I like it a lot. Yeah. I, I'm I'm into the setup. I like the the last page. Actually like the last three pages made me think of like uh uh Jeff Lemire at his best. Hmm. Yeah, it's got some like trillium vibes in there. Yeah, just like people meeting each other and and realizing they have more in common and and one of them shares that he's had a vision about this moment and uh yeah i i really appreciated that um vibe which we don't usually get from kirkman because usually if there's a double page spread from kirkman it's somebody getting murdered um and this one is just two people looking at each other and that's the most restraint i've ever seen him use uh when talking when when showing emotions so i i like it ruman what do you think I love the, um, the the beginning setup and when um, the one of the uh, the first pilot we meet his um, his sentient robotic glove that's <laughs> kind of drags him to safety yeah. <laughs> and is arguing with him. I like that little device and I liked it. I, it was all well told story and the the reveal of um, Jetfire, the Transformer, the Cybertronian is pretty awesome. Is Jetfire a, a, a do we know that name or is this a new whole new Transformer? I'm pretty certain I'm not familiar with him, but he he's like 
kind of a, a B tier transformer. I'm pretty sure I'm, I recognize his look more than I know his name. Oh, okay. I'll find so, out. So because we recognize his look, do we think that that means that this is definitely set thousands of years after or millions of years after we would know this transformer or could we think that maybe this is happening in our time far, far away? So yeah, that is a G1 transformer. Uh, and that's a good question, Jago. I don't know. I mean, like I, I feel very good about them kind of restarting whatever transformers universe and timeline and mm -hmm. whole societal structure that they want to. Um, so as for time, I don't know. The transformers are old bots. They're old bots. Yeah. Um, I just really like that. This is the, the thrust of this is transformers and GI Joe. And yet, uh, none of that was the selling point while reading this. Like yeah. it was just a good comic. And then there was a transformer in it, but it wasn't like, you know, like sometimes you get that feeling of when there is an IP story, you're like, okay, like at some point, the novelty of this being this IP might wear off. And then where are we going to be with how good this story is? And I like that this was like, no, we're building characters and building a world that is interesting. And then there's transformers in it also. Yeah. I, uh, thinking about reading the old transformer comics, the characters that I always identified with were the humans in there. Like there was the the woman Josie who hated Transformers. There was like a little blonde dude who was always hanging out with the Transformers in the early issues. Hmm. What was her name? She was like start now. Circuit Breaker was her name. Okay. And then there was like this this dumpy dude who had like a robot costume or like 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 an exoskeleton that he went to battle with the Transformers was that Spike? with. I don't think so i'm looking at the covers right now trying to find him but it like because they had characters the mechanic like, okay. the mechanic is his name they had characters like that in the animated series i never liked i never wanted the people in any of it like i yeah, that's funny yeah I, I didn't really want them or care for them um yeah i but this I'm is this is people this. yeah this, this is this, this is, is the people. people in a transformer world yeah. in space which like yeah bring it yeah and they're not, but they're not like tertiary. Like it's a transformer story with some humans sometimes. Like, right. yeah. So I, I like it. Uh, all of those things. I'm, I'm very excited about it. It made me happy. I gave it a nine point oh, highest score of the week for books that I read so far. Yowza! I gave it an eight point oh. I liked it, and I don't know what my scores are going to be for the rest of the night. Nice. I gave it an eight, which is maybe the highest I've ever scored any transformers related comic guys makes sense i love transformers <laughs> and i went and hung out with my nephew last night he's three and i brought him a new transformer toy i've been bringing him transformer toys like every time i see him i'm trying to get that guy hooked into transformers <laughs> and he seems pretty into it so far so so cool. far so good brainwashing good. the youth good work thank you i feel i always feel bad that for some reason when i was when these cartoons were on the air i was not into transformers i was into he-man and I feel stupid about that because, you know, He-Man's obviously the crappier property. <laughs> I have shared this, I'm sure, before. But, yeah, I didn't ever get to watch Transformers. Like, that was in 83 or whatever. And I was born in 89. So the reason I'm fascinated by Transformers is I would always go to, like, babysitter's houses. And I had an older sister who's two years older than me. We would go to houses and I would always, or, like, daycare centers. And I would always find broken Transformers toys in, like, <laughs> the big toy bins. And just because of the nature of where they were, I could never transform any of them because they were always missing pieces. So like <laughs> I just grew up, I mean, I have memories of being like a daycare, like five or six trying to figure out how to transform things. And it's like, oh, they're just missing pieces. So I'm not going to be able to. 
which is why I try to collect Transformers toys now because it's like getting to do that thing I was never able to do as a child. Yeah, how frustrating. Jeez. I know. Uh, Django, what's what's ta- what's we're talking about next, baby? Man, I'll bet you guys didn't read it. That's the problem here. What? what? Click, 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 boom. I did read it. Oh, you did? Did not yeah. read it. Click, click, boom, number one by um, Doug Wagner and with art by Doug Dabs and colors the by Dugs. Matt Wilson. The Dugs. The Dugs. It's the, the Doug duo. Duggies. Deuce Dugs. Um, this, this follows uh, like a, a very energetic mute woman who communicates with photographs through a like a, a, a an intrigue sort of crimey world um doug wagner wrote plastic and that's what i thought okay uh plush and what was it there, there was another one in between those Clear, but he, vinyl vinyl yeah and and i like his stuff the artist that he's had on that stuff i really like their style but it's all so zoomed in. I have a really hard time telling what's happening in any given panel. And for me, the story suffers because of that. This is a different artist. I don't like the art style as much, but I think that the storytelling is a lot clearer. And I, this, this is like, I've read everything this guy has done since plastic. And this is probably my favorite one um, out of, out of the five or six series or whatever that, that we've read from him. And I, I think that it's got a lot to do with the art just being 10% zoomed out. I totally agree with like his art, like the, his artists, artist collaborators in the previous stuff. Like I love looking at the images cause they're mm-hmm. very like almost like chew esque, like the colors yeah. are very vivid and the ink lines are very thick and it's gratifying to look at, but it is a little confusing. Um, I made it through this one. I like the style of this artist a lot. Mm-hmm. But I I actually thought it was pretty difficult to understand what the fuck was going on with some artistic really? choices they made. Like he changes the color of her hair in a confusing way. Like she's got red hair unless she's got blue hair. Oh, yeah. And like that changes huh. a weird time. So like the final page and there's some like really weird time jumps that go on in here. Like yeah. not not large time jumps. Just like, OK, you just skipped this whole scene. And now this is happening. And yeah, so in the final page, I just like didn't really get and I had to reread. I read the whole second half of the issue again. Um, and then it made sense to me. Um, That's funny. I, I didn't I didn't notice as- that at all. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I also think some aspect of it is the fact that the main character is mute. So yeah. like I'm not I don't think that's writing or art falling short of i think that like there's an inherent like confusion of like trying to parse things out with the fact that like like the other protagonists in this story uh they're learning this character is mute and communicates through photographs so it there is an inherent amount of community or like uh confusion there god that would be a, such a hard uh thing to have to draw yeah you know what i think she's just changing wigs and maybe that's it a too. lot of this um yeah, and that's what I was trying to decide. Like, is it wigs? Because they're at like a fetish club at one point, and they're all dressed up. And but then like this lady passes out, and then wakes up, and her hair is a different color in a closet with her. Um, and then like the glasses. I, I mean, like, so I'm younger than you guys. Uh, she's wearing these glasses that are like Elton John glasses, mm-hmm. and like I don't immediately associate those with Elton John glasses because I've seen them all over the world since then. So like she looks up at her at one point and passes out and says Elton question mark. And then like, at the, yeah, I saw that, you know. I oh, I'm that. just showing him to Roman. Oh, yeah. Um, and then at the and at the end, you know, when she wakes up, she's like Elton, Elton John. John? Yeah. And it's like 
not verbally relevant and doesn't make sense. And oh, it's like, okay, maybe that's just what you're calling this girl. Anyway, um, I I did like it and I did I liked the art a lot. I really liked the way yeah. that the art looks. Um, and I really like, you know, the way that the artist and like plastic and stuff looks as well. So it's cool. Yeah. I I wonder yeah, I wonder where this is going because yeah. I, I like I like the violence. I like the intrigue. I like the the conceit of this book. I just realized that the cover is made out of uh, Polaroids. Yeah, which I, is super cool. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't realize that. Um, and there's just some. Yeah, like I do like the way it was paced as well. I think it was paced mm-hmm. really, really well. You know, but there's like the things where like she's walking and like she's assaulted by these guys who grab her ass and call her a bitch. And she just like takes a photo of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I was hoping they like <clears throat> watch them get murdered or something. Oh, I'll bet we will. I hope so, because I was like, if we don't come back to that, what's the point of that scene? Um, oh, we're, but were they in the bank? Were they yeah, in the bank? I don't, I don't, I don't, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Oh, I see, I see, I see the early on. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But there's a cool conspiracy it's... going on that basically this reporter is wrapped up in because, the, yeah, this person who's mute um, has been walking into banks and firing a gun off without hurting anybody, but they're all mm-hmm. like, after some in, you know like investigation they're owned by the same company and stuff so there's a cool i haven't read all of his other stuff or i haven't finished any of them but i started all of them and i think he does cool kind of like conspiracy like mystery kind of like paranoid like wondering what the fuck is going on vibe yeah um in his stuff yeah so i that's always very interesting to me so i do i think the story is interesting i'll read the next one i think um i would give this one a seven and a half i gave it a 7.0 nice there we are. I'm looking forward to more of it. Um, as much as I like that other artist, I am glad that he's he's branching out a little bit. I, I love the style of the other artist, but I think you're right. Like in terms of conveying what's going on, it's a little yeah. confusing. But the other person's like a little bit more of like a trad more style or something. But yep. Hey Roman, can I ask yes. you a quickie? Uh huh. Did you read Clobberin Time? <clears throat> of course i Jane, did are you reading clobber in time oh fuck yeah i'm reading clobber okay in time. <laughs> all right well we got the scroach here delivering a very important message to us and i think the main thing i want to ask to everybody is how did the thing get orion's space scooter and do you think that scroach is going to get sued by dc no because I don't know who did it first, but the thing used to run around. I forget what it's called, but he used to have a scooter like that. Oh, that, really? That, that Reed built for him that he used to tool around in, in the, I don't know, late 60s, early 70s. Okay, so it probably hey, Roman is knows still stuff. A, I love it. So When it I got probably... to that page in here, I was like, oh, it's an updated <laughs> version of his old flight harness, whatever it's called. I loved it because I was just like, oh, man, it's like Kirby. And then I was, I was like, oh, right. And I was like, wait. You know, DC. Yeah, maybe and they maybe, were both Kirby. So yeah, maybe Kirby designed it for Ben back in the sixties. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're. I just didn't have any memory of him having a cruiser like this, but it is pretty awesome. It is. Thank you for knowing everything, Roman. I love you. I even knew that beautiful soup that dude makes it. Did you really? No. Okay. <laughs> well, I was glad to see see some Latvian delicacies finally. In the I, comic. <laughs> what a fun voice for Doom in this. Like, yeah. <laughs> um. You know, this is a great, this is a great Ben Grimm and Doom story. Yeah. And I love this Watcher creation that the Scrooge has made. Is this a new, I think you, I've asked this before, Roman, but this is not a Watcher we know, right? I don't, I don't think, I mean, I don't think so. Maybe, but I don't remember him. 
he's awesome. I just love like old man battle damaged guardian or watcher. Yeah, yeah, and he's all he's all like, well, I got kicked out of the watcher clan because I kept on interfering with stuff. <laughs> Which is what Iwatu often gets in trouble for, but I guess this guy does it even more. This love... guy just doesn't take any fucking shit because he's all battle scarred and, and gun gun guy. Except for when he's getting the back quarter of his skull removed. <laughs> Dude, what it's an amazing so good. page. Um, I guess what I've really loved about this series is that every issue has felt so much like classic like Marvel two in one team ups. But there's also been this really cool overarching story that we didn't necessarily even know the breadth of until the last like two issues or so. But this whole watcher thing and then this psychopomp guy who I just like the conceit of this character very much, which is like he's from millions and millions of years in the future where society is crumbled, but the stories of the Avengers and all these Marvel heroes and villains have been passed on and he blames them all for what's happened. So he's got their like tattoos and sigils all over his body. Like it's a dark, rad person, like a good villain conceit. I love the the scene where um, the the new watcher, Battlescar watcher and Doom are talking and uh, Thing has an earpiece that's, trying yeah. to help him be smart and he <laughs> says all this stuff with long words like it's basically um reed richards like he's channeling reed richards from the the current fantastic four series mr and then, f's gift of gab erudite mode yeah and then the the doom and the watcher look at him and like you're stating the obvious and i thought that was a nice i think it's a statement on um ai right Oh. Nice. Like yeah. he's, I didn't... he's getting all this all this input from just a machine and it's just making him look like a demo. I didn't actually until you mentioned it, uh I didn't realize kind of the joking, the funny nature of Doom's response there, which was like yeah. that whole like text thing. I was like, all right, now we're reading lots of ram on this machine. <laughs> and then Doom's just like, You're stating the obvious. And I was like, What was the point of that? But no, it's it's a it's a funny joke. It's like, yeah, we know Ben, which are you know, even just from the perspective of like you're talking to two of the most brilliant people that exist. So yeah. you can fake smart, but even still, you're just saying shit we already know. In a yeah. Verbose and way. also, they managed to get an Arrested Development nod on that page with Mr. F's gift to gab. Mr. F. See, I like that, but I thought it was more just Mr. Fantastics. Oh. I mean, sure. There's no way you print the word Mr. F and don't know what you're doing. Is the L7 a reference then, like to the band? I don't get it. I don't know. Yes, yeah, see, Django, there's a band called L7. There's no way you print L7 without knowing exactly what you're doing. It's true. It's true. I love the fact that uh, there's a lot to love in this. There's I love a lot. The, I, Except I love there the was little... no thing but cheeks in this one. No. Well, you don't want to overdo that. That's true. Um, you don't want to overcheek. Um, be a little rocky rump. I, I do love that Ben, the whole, I love the fact that Doom the long is and rocky part, road. Of, part of his just uh, think planning ahead that he has a a space battle station, but that's shrunk with pin particles that he just keeps on his person. in case he gets sucked into another dimension or something. Yeah. I love that. I know I was actually, so while I was reading that, I was trying to think of like, how does he store those things? Like, do you think he has like a small case that like, you have to use tweezers to like pull things out? They're like small, <laughs> like, you know, I was trying to think of like what, what that could possibly be. Roman, it's can I, ring. Ooh, it's in a ring. Roman, can I steal your brain for a second? Okay. Um, but, but I don't want to be like this watcher. Dissection yeah, no, here. sorry, not like that. <laughs> On the page of the dissection, yeah. 
at the bottom there we get that awesome glory shot of a whole bunch of like marvel references yeah so you've got the infinity gauntlet you got the ultimate nullifier you've got the agamotto thing you got the destroyer back there right in front of the destroyer what are all those gold rings there i think are those are the um the The 10 rings yeah the 10 rings from oh shang chi okay that makes sense that makes sense which i I can't remember are those no, those are different rings than the Mandarin. In the movie, they're wrists. Oh, yeah, the Mandarin has rings. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, do you know what is next to the Infinity Gauntlet? What that, like, robot guy is? I wasn't sure if that's a Rigelian recorder or if it's... It looks... Except the colors are right, but it looks more like... Um, um, oh, why am I blanking on his name? Mobius. It looks like one of Mobius's characters from, you know, one of his heavy metal stories or something. It's interesting. I don't hmm. know. I assume I mean, it's I mean, a Marvel d- reference, but yeah, I would have thought. But doesn't that look like a Mobius drawing? Maybe. Yeah, kind Mobius of. I know what you're surfer. saying. Those faces, but the the shoulder emblems there are kind of like the the Doctor Strange window. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the sigil he has on his. Window. And then any idea what this sword in the foreground of that is? There's not enough to I, know. It looks yeah. Just like a sword. I mean, I kind of assumed. I don't know. Maybe it's. I, I kind of my first thought was it's the Odin sword, but that's mm. that's enormous. What about the diamond right next to the eye of Agamotto? That's just a diamond. Yeah, I don't well, know diamonds what... are valuable in any place. They They're very yeah. hard. Space or Earth. Yeah, yeah exactly. What... Diamonds are what... diamonds. I don't know what diamond that is. Unless it's like like the character of the blue diamond, if it's the diamond that gave him his powers or something. Dude, um... I love Doom's planning ahead where he feeds Ben shitty shitty gross soup. <laughs> And then teases him with a hamburger just to get him to fight harder. Yeah, that was <laughs> later. Awesome. Like that was like that was one step far. Like you, 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 the reader, had to take one more step to get that than you do with most comic book manipulation. And and is it that he was like, no, we can't get a burger? And then he takes him to this place, and he's like, yeah, there's burgers, and I already ate some. Yeah, and, and then pissed. and then he brings him back, and thing is just screaming the the weird Latvian name of the soup while he beats the fuck out oh. of a bunch of robots. Chivap Chichi. <laughs> so, but like, so he goes through this thing to see that there was a burger on the other side that he could have had. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, and then and then after the battle, Doom was like, "Calm yourself. Your persistent ennui was making you weak. So I stoked the fires of your rage." Right. Anger is an excellent motivator for you. Yeah. I love like, the. F- yeah. And I, I was yeah, just trying I, to figure out, was there like a time displacement or was it like this, this burger is half eaten? Did Doom leave and eat some of this burger? Has yeah. it been there in preparation? Yeah. I, I love, you know, Doom gets back on, or Ben gets back on the ship. And I love the fact that, that Doom took one bite <laughs> and then left it there to torture Ben. Probably took a bite because that would help waft the scent of it around the room more. I think. I think that was where he sent him. Yeah, there was a burger. Well, yeah, because he goes he through sent a him thing. to a place with a half-eaten burger, and then he gets sucked away before he can eat it, and he comes back pissed off and beats everything up. Oh, see, I thought he just got back on the ship after Doom left the ship. No, there's they're basically on the ship, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna go," and you got to come through this hole, and then Ben goes through the hole. Wait, no, the portal it's- only lasts forty-five seconds, so Doom sends so- him away. So there was a burger there the whole time that he just didn't let him have. Oh, okay. Oh, see, I thought Doom made the burger while Ben was outside fighting these creatures. Ben says incoming, he gets into the ship where there's the portal, sees the burger. Right, but he he gets sucked away. And then he enters the portal. So the anger is that he had one all along and never shared it with him. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. 
I also it's amazing. Yeah, I'm glad that we as three adult men knew there was something funny there. And we all just (laughs) spent like five minutes working through it together to understand how the burger fed it fit in. You're welcome, listeners. Yeah. I also love the fact that at some point, Ben's narration, he mentions that he thinks this is an an older doom, like old man. Yeah, I love that, too. And, (laughs) And the artist uh, maybe it's just me, but the artist, I think, draws Doom's faceplate so he looks kind of like an old man. His faceplate looks kind of jowly. <laughs> and in like more page, more than normal. Page two or three, like the just the big glory shot of Doom, like his armor is very worn and like it's yeah. it's it's pretty haggard. But yeah, it does have a jowly old man thing. I like that moment as well, too. They also didn't need to come back to you. It was just sort of like Ben realizing that he's existing in a place where linear time isn't happening. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yeah, it's doom. Seems like an older doom. Like that's just a cool way of getting your feet on the ground. Yeah. Just an amazing series. I think that we're really lucky to have this book come out right now. And I, I hope the Scrooge gets to do more things like this. It's a good time to be fantastic for it is. That's a good point. You and got it has fantastic been for a while. Book. You got clobber in time. You had fantastic Four life story. I, I mean, didn't even finish the Dan slot stuff, but, but that, that was pretty entertaining until we all dropped off mm-hmm. and then you got ryan north and you got clobber in time like that's that's a couple of years of yeah just just really and mark russell dropping book. in yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh what are sorry what what are your scores and then roman what are you giggling at you i'm giggling because i just saw, i forgot there's a um doom has a version of herbie the robot on here but it's oh, Her- really? herbie with like doom's face plate on it <laughs> that's funny Dune's inadequacy. <laughs> I want a Herbie. <laughs> oh You're yeah, look at you, that. sir. That's a, that's another thing that that yeah, old, old man vibes because he's giving him prune juice. You know, when I read that, <laughs> when I read that, it was right pre-nap. I actually took a nap while reading this, and I read that your prune juice as Ben Grimm giving it to him and confirming his suspicion. Oh. But no, it's the robot, which the robot. is even better because like the robot knows he's old. <laughs> It's just a hunch. <laughs> uh, I gave it an 8.5. Um, I could go up to a 9, though. I also gave it an 8.5. And I should go up to a 9, but I'm going to stick with my 8.5. I'm going to stick with 8.5 because I, I follow Daddy. I'm going to go ahead and give it a 9. Oh, you little turd. I follow it, Granddaddy. It's it's Clobber 9. Hey. Oh. This particular Django needs some prune juice. Hey, did you guys read Spider-Man India? Yes. Did you, Django? No. Can no, we talk about it, no, Roman? I don't no, want to get. I don't want to no, get. No, no, I did not, Jeff. We don't need to spend much time talking about. Gonna it. Gonna die someday. He was prominently <laughs> featured in the new Across the Spider Verse movie, which they were like, okay, we got to give him a comic book series. And this is written by Nikesh Shukla and Abhishek Malsuni. I apologize for uh, butchering your names, my friends. Um, kind of Peter Bagley esque art kind of like modern day. It looks to me a bit like the art that was in Spider-Man Life Story by Chip Zdarsky and uh, Bagley. Roman, mm-hmm. what did you think of this? It was fun. I mean, uh, let me just get this off my chest. I really wish, I mean, I know Spider-Man India has been around for quite a while, actually. Has he? Um, yeah, I didn't even realize how long. I think it says in the text thing here that the back page, Ooh, I didn't the original that. Spider-Man India run, which was, I guess, um... 2005 yeah. yeah and i don't remember that run at all i thought he appeared more recently in the spider-verse comic crossovers but apparently not apparently he was around quite a while ago um but i wish as soon as i saw this cover i was like you know you guys had time marvel you had time to 
change his look so he looks like Spider-Man India in the movie. That would have been good marketing. And plus, Spider-Man India in the movie has a much cooler costume. Like This is just Spider-Man with white pants and pointy shoes on. <laughs> yeah, although I do kind of like this costume because it's very base Spider-Man. And then you just throw those pants on there and it makes it makes a difference. And then I like his spider symbol on his chest. But but your point yeah. is, is I don't disagree with you. Yeah, it's just he looks so cool in the movie and, very, and more, I don't know, more unique. Um, but it was a fun story. Miles and Peter are both in it briefly and Mysterio's the villain. And but he's all crazy like uh, Cali, multiple arms and three heads. And that was fun. Yeah, you're right. They absolutely should have had some synergy to have his art style match what he was and across this or into this across the Spider Verse. Um, yeah, because I, I mean that, that movie's incredible, and Spider Man India is one of the cool parts of it. His yeah. Mumbai is awesome, and they clearly just decided to go with the previous art style in comics, which is fine with me. But but yeah, you're right. I think that would have been a nice nice change for him. I think it's cool that this book exists from the standpoint that like some people are going to go into a comic shop and they're going to love that there is a character like a South Asian yeah. version of the character. And that's awesome. And I'm, I'm glad that exists for other people to have it. It is, it is like very much just Spider-Man though. Like we're not getting a lot of difference. Like he's got his, yeah. his uncle is Bim B H I M. <laughs> you know, like he learns great power, great responsibility. He fights Mysterio and then like they recreate the the lizard. And it was just like, OK, there's not really much separating this from any Spider-Man story that I've read outside of like it's Spider-Man India. And so here's like a three percent, like a three degree difference of what the original one is. Um, I guess I prefer when they do these stories to to do much more interesting parallels of things. Where yeah. this parallels our our story so closely that it's sort of like, what's the point? But yeah, I definitely hope it gets more original. I mean, we don't need to just recreate Spider-Man stories we already know, except you know, in a different country. Yeah, yeah, and you know, the art's got a like I said, a Peter Bagley kind of workman style, but Marvel continuity look to it. But I do like the Spider-Man India costume. Um, I like that Peter and Miles were in here. So we're doing this shared multiverse thing. But yeah, uh, the story was not enough to make me want to read more of it because it felt so just like, hey, we're doing this same story over here. So, you know, not a, not a high score for me, but I, I am, I'm glad it exists for, you know, people that are it's not it's not a group that is super represented in American comics. So I support that. Yeah, I probably won't keep up with it, though. Yeah, same here. I'll, I mean, I'll you'll I'll keep the, up with it because you read. It I'll read. I'll read the second one and maybe the third one. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, I'm glad it. I'm glad it exists. I'm glad there's something that we can, you know, we can, we can sell to somebody if they want like an Indian superhero. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Django. I gave it a six point five. That is a heck of a score. Heck of a score. Roman, what was your score for it? Six point five sounds pretty good. Yeah. 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 Heck of a score, um, brownie. Django, take me somewhere nice. Take me to take me to where you take your French girls. The funky Ew. town. It's like a Titanic reference. I take my freck French freck girls to zinc. Freck X girls. I and those don't exist. Number one. Zinc. Oh, I didn't read this. Oh, how dude. was it? Well, the shaky cane, right? It's it's an anthology, so there are th okay. four, three stories, four stories in here. I also thought it was Zeno. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, it, was it is. Too. It is. You're right. Oh. Uh, the, the font on the cover is cropped off. Well, I it's it's weird font, so I X I, was I N O. Um, 
The first one is called Hugh by Melissa Flores with art by Daniel Izarazi. Is Irizari. And uh, it's an interesting little study on a guy who was blind. He gets this experimental, like he wins the lottery of the experimental um, surgery and they give him eyes and his eyes are able to see in spectrums that we aren't able to. And so Mm -hmm. he starts seeing all these clear bugs floating in the air, like these beings. And every time he or anybody goes to sleep, these beings like plug into them, like organic matrix kind of stuff. Um, and he, he's like, I don't know what's going on. I hate this, but it's like a, you know, a $30 million eye job that he got and he's under contract to not get rid of it. And, uh, so he's just like slowly going insane and losing his, losing his friends and, and family because of what he can see that we can't see. Uh, and I thought that was super cool. Yeah. Um, the shaky cane one is about a dude who is, who hates commies and, uh, has some commies move in next door, probably. As you or do. maybe not. Uh, written by Jordan Thomas, art by Shaky Kane. Shaky Kane is just like probably in my top 10 underrated, probably in my top three underrated creators. I think. Wouldn't he's... it be cool to get to see him do art in like a more mainstream thing? Because I, I do yeah. love his art and maybe it wouldn't fit at all, but like I love looking at it. I think almost anything that Mike Allred does. Exactly. Yeah. Could be done by Shaky Kane. And they're like. They are very different artists, but there's something yeah, about I them totally that, that connects that those two styles. Kind of those, I'll like, read anything flat, this guy draws. Flat, vibrant colors with like thick ink yeah. line. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Very. It's like a more readable version of indie comics from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. yeah and Mike um, Allred is always doing kind of psychotic things. Yeah. <laughs> and Shaky Kane's always much more grounded. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there's a Phil Hester story that I skipped because it, it, just didn't grab me it's like military stuff and robot suits and then the last one is written by chris condon with art by nick oh. Cagnetti. chris condon, condon is my guy from that texas, that texas blood. blood yeah and uh that one's about a video game that plugs into your plugs into your blood and man it's super cool and super gross it doesn't end the way that i expected it to end and it made me think about just how different stories and different story lengths probably bring out a totally different type of idea from a creator. Like you got, you got nine pages pages instead of 12 pages and you have to truncate it or cut chunks out or just have a different type of horror thing going on. Yeah. We both talked about kind of liking restriction and creative process in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Page count is kind of what that is. That is. That's that's my the only way I'm ever really truly creative is when I'm when I've set a restrictive rule of some mm-hmm. sort. Um, so this is awesome. The only thing that bummed me out is that the uh, Matt Linuski does oh. the covers, the A covers for all the issues, and he he's not represented inside at all. So I was su- like I was sold on this by the cover, and I'd love to see more of that guy's art. He did the. Oh God, I don't even remember what the title was now. It was something uh, about the color red, yeah, crimson, like crimson, crimson rose. Yeah, something like that. And I just, I love the art in that so much. Um, but this is solid. Like most of the time, I don't really get off on um, anthologies like this. I did skip one, but it's probably good because it's Phil Hester. It just looked like uh, a bunch of brown colored exosuits on military people. And I tuned out. So, um, uh, eight eight point five on that. Matt Lesniewski, um, 
has a very active like Twitter feed and I bet it's Instagram as well, where he just, he gets a lot of commissions Mm -hmm. and he posts all of his commission work on there and they're all amazing. And it does seem like he is like raising, rising through the ranks as somebody who's getting comic work. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do think we will see more of him, but yeah, his commission, like he's got Galactuses and Mole Man and Sandman from mystery theater and just like amazing images. They're all so weird. He would do an amazing Sandman story. Yep. I could see him doing a really good matrix story too. Going back to Will's question from earlier. He's a Mad Max road warrior commission. He did. Oh God, I love it. I'm gonna send it to the chat. Uh yeah, eight eight and a half for me. That's a good that's a Real good good score. Stuff. That's yeah. awesome. I'm glad that was a, good. It looks super interesting. We have a handful of them at the shop, so people should grab them. At least flip through it because the art this this is uh, a lot of times with anthologies you get a real mix of not very good art and really good art. And yeah. Even the one I didn't read, like Phil Hester is just a master. Yeah, they they did the Gotham with Tom King, right? Yep. Phil Hester. Yep. Okay. Holy moly, that Mad Max by Matt Lesniewski is awesome. Um, on the topic of, I guess, art stuff, I read Battle Chasers number 10 this week. I wanted to do some recon on the history of this series going into this, and I forgot to. Um, this is Joe Madwera and Ludo Lullaby. Lullaby. Um, so my uninformed awareness of this series is i think it was joe madwera known affectionately as joe mad to 90s people i think he had done a nine issue mini series of battle chasers and it was just going to keep coming out and then it was delayed or stopped or whatever i would say at least two times a year in the 10 years i've been at the shop somebody comes in and they want anything battle chasers that we possibly have back issues and then you know about with that frequency i get asked about when the series is going to be coming back. And that's mm-hmm. been happening for a decade, and I don't know anything about it. So when I saw that it was actually coming back a couple months ago and we ordered it, I thought that was interesting. And and hopefully we'd be able to find some of these fleeting people that have been in and out of our shop to be able to get Battle Chasers <laughs> stuff. Django, maybe you're researching it right now. I don't know for sure. My thought is that Joe Mad did the writing and art for all the original stuff. If I that had to sounds guess. right to me. And he um, did not do the art in this issue, which is maybe the only way that it is being able to be made by now like these days is that he's not doing the art in them. Yeah. Why would it, why did he stop? Who knows? Because he wasn't exactly doing a lot of other stuff. I guess it was canceled because of slow release schedules. So maybe he just has a hard time keeping up with a monthly rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't really seen his art much in years. Like he's done covers for Marvel in my awareness field, but I haven't seen that name as a cover in quite a while. Yeah, if I'm not, you know, not mistaken. So the end. So there is a full on like full give yourself seven minutes to read a page of text telling you the story so far. And it is so in one ear out the other. It's like the world of Gaia is dying. Mana, the natural resources like civil territories amid the conflict. Gully, your daughter of the missing hero, Aramis, has this magically sealed calibretto. And you're just like, I don't know what the fuck any of this is. And on the other page is like just character bios on every Anyway, so oh my God. I read the story so far. I did not read the character bios, but I made it through this issue. And so Joe Madwar's art is kind of in the world, in my mind, of like Chris Bacallo. 
kind of like very 90s yeah. with like heavy shadows and sharp angles to the point where sometimes it like disfigures a face or something. But it's, it's a little very... bit of Ramos in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, yeah, for sure. Um, which, yeah, I guess all of that is indicative of kind of a larger manga influence, I think, uh, is what that is. And Ramos is definitely in that line. Um, so that said, Ludo Lullaby does a good job of being in that art line. Like, it does not look overtly like Joe Madwera or Chris Pachalo, but it's definitely there. It's pretty mm-hmm. close, uh, and it doesn't suffer from not being those people. Uh, if it suffers from anything, it's just that, like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. But the art is pretty cool. It's very 90s fantasy. So it's like big, muscly people and some kind of scantily clad women and a fantasy world with wolf people and demon crows and guns. And (laughs) um, it's not bad by any means, but this is issue 10. And I wonder for people who've read the series, how seamless this feels. If you read issue nine, like how logical this is Mm -hmm. uh, from that. But uh, I guess I just wanted to mention it, that it's kind of an interesting bit of comic book dumb that came out this week. That is very exciting for some people and probably going entirely Un, unnoticed by other folks but uh battle chasers number 10 if you like you know D style stuff kind of testosterone D fantasy fun this is in there and i think the art is pretty cool even though it's not joe mad and i think that probably the art for the first nine issues is, is pretty awesome uh basically the story is not bad here so um i gave it a <laughs> 7.0 oh. i don't think i'm going to keep up with it also if it follows its rate of release it'll probably be another like eight years until we get an issue so it's like non-player you guys remember non-player oh it was yeah we have some original art from non-player yeah it's a print well it's an original print it's an original print all right it's signed to the comics place though what did you say you get you gave it 7.0 for me that's a pretty good score it's a pretty that's dang a pretty good, good score score gosh um you guys got anything else you want to talk about guys guys anybody well, i think we should just oh go ahead roman Oh, did either one of you read the um, oh 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 uh, the new um, Brubaker and Phillips hardcover? Night Fever. I think we both read it a little while ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we oh. got, we got us... early editions at Comic Con. Oh. yeah. Did you read it, Roman? No, it's it's on the list. I was just it wondering what, what you guys thought. Fabulous. Cool. It is. It's it's probably. I think I like it more than any of the Reckless books, and I love the Reckless books, oh, wow. but I really like the standalone nature of this one, and there is some, like, resonant stuff within it. it you know, I was trying to think of, like, a, a pitch for it, and it's kind of, like, it's a little less overtly crimey and a little bit more about, like, exploring as you are aging and falling into a rut of your life what it feels like to try and get out of the, that rut and escape into those vices that you have kept hidden or undercurrent to be able to have a normal life. And uh, I, I don't know. I, there's just, it's, it's, it is crimey, but it's like, it's kind of druggy. It's kind of sexy. It's kind of like foreign world, like getting wrapped up in a culture that you don't know. Like it, it's got a, it's, I've really liked the tone of it very much. Yeah. Like, like older guy letting it all out. Yeah. Kind, like, kind of, kind of tricked into it, kind of just by situation, but like maybe I'm gonna cheat on my wife at this book convention and get involved in like a sex. But also maybe I'm not a bad guy, but maybe I'm just uh, I'm beat ch- the shit out of this guy because this German dude said to. Yeah, 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 it's 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 really good, and um, you know, I haven't read nearly as much Criminal as anybody else. Uh, which is to say, I have not read much Criminal. Um, but 
yeah, I liked I liked the tone of this. It seemed different than most of the other stuff I've read from him. Yeah, it's it's really good. I'm still I, in that line. I don't know if you remember what kind of score you gave it when you read it, Jeff, but I just plugged in a 9.5 for me. I was I would easily say a 9.0 maybe. I think 9.5 sounds very comfortable. I'm going to go 9.5, yeah. And our um, copies yeah, at the great. shop, I think I think we have probably six left that are uh, signed. Yeah, autographed signed book, book plates, plates in them. by writer and artist. So anybody listening, order it from the shop. We've got it. It's cool. It's really fucking good. It's, yeah. it's very good. Um, Man... I'm reading Old Dog still. Mm, We're at number my five. Old dog. It just did the thing that Time Before Time did, where it oh, there's got... a demon spirit possessing everybody, and it turns out it's supernatural. That didn't happen in Time Before Time. Did you read Old Dog? No, I haven't read Time Before Time or Old Dog. <laughs> this just has like you find out what has been going on with this old grizzled dude, and um, it turns it's out constipation. That like that's what you're all dealing with. He's got some weird body horror shit going on, and he That's can turn really into cool some art. sort of gross monster. Is that written by Declan and art by Declan? Yeah. Wow, that art is awesome. Wow, yeah, dude. it's that it's is an amazing. incredible double page spread. Yeah, and what you what I didn't realize is that that double page spread is also the cover, but it doesn't <laughs> have the same Whoa. impact on the cover, right? Like that center spread is horrific like teeth and eyeballs and blood and guts and muscles. And it's incredible. I'm really glad I stuck with this because the first issue I was just confused. And the next three issues after that, I just kind of had to treat as sort of one shots that must probably be leading to something. Kind of like how some TV shows you watch the first season and it's like one shot stories. And then partway through, you realize that they're connected. Like Fringe did that really well where you're like, oh, it's monster of the week. Cool. I'm into that. And like, holy shit, this was all monster of the decade not monster of the week and it's all connected um so yeah i i i keep beating the time before time drum and this is on its way to to being enjoyable like that for me but in a very different way on those covers yeah they're all like a matte paper that's like got some of the nice covers nicest cover stock jangle i've never seen you hand sell a copy of time before time to somebody i never think of it when i'm in the store like I yeah, want to see you it's sell weird. that to somebody. All right. Because right. I want to I want to get excited about it. I want to hear your sales pitch that works on somebody that then hear it from me. But I guess this podcast has been that for a while. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's looper, but it doesn't have to end. Like, I'm convinced it's all going to loop around by the end. But but it's like we're it's four a, volumes in so it's far. An interesting. It's just been enjoyable reference point to use as a selling point. It's Good like, you know, movie. like how much he sounds like he for Sutherland. <laughs> um did you score that Jeff? i'm gonna build a bomb no nope, that's not a very good key for sutherland <laughs> Jeff, what's your key for this other one i don't know what he sounds like i've not watched any key for sutherland i give this comic an eight i just want to give a shout out amazing spider-man 27 came out this week this was art by ed mcginnis who i do not typically like and i feel like a fucking crazy person because <laughs> everyone not only doesn't like this comic, but fucking hates this comic. There is no middle ground. People hate this comic book. It's insane. Wait, and that I particular issue or just this line, this whole oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, Sebwell's yeah. entire run. Yeah. Um, I hear I people complaining. They're like, why can't they just let him change and have good things happen to him? And I'm like, all the all Peter's all Spider-Man stories are bad. Like him making personal sacrifices to be a hero. Like that yeah. is sadly one of the cruxes of Super Spider-Man. 
And I love it because there's a tragedy and a gravity to everything. And he, you know, like that, it's just weird. People are complaining about this run for doing that. And it's like, that's been every single run forever. And then they'll be like, Since yeah, well, Uncle why, Ben died. Why can't they just let him change? I blame this run for not letting him change. It's like, well, then you have to blame all of the previous runs for not letting him have. Anyway, Imagine... I, I love this. I love the McGinnis art. You get Dr. Or sorry, you get Dr. Octopus in here and he looks great. It's there's some very good relationship stuff with Peter Parker and Black Cat. I really like that relationship. I prefer it over Mary Jane. Um, and then you get like Shocker by Ed McGinnis looking like 90s cartoon Shocker. And I love that costume. So <laughs> I I loved this issue. And I again, I continue to just love this series. That, that This week's issue was uh, my favorite issue of this uh, of this run in, in months. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine it- if Uncle Ben had said with great responsibility comes or with great power comes 80% responsibility and 20% personal time and self-care. Think about how boring that comic would have been. It'd be great though. Here, let's do every, every fourth issue is a therapy issue. Yeah. Fifth. It would have been or like great, a nap it, issue. But it wouldn't have lasted more than it would have been canceled. Like in 1964. That's what yeah. I'm saying. That's not a compelling story. <laughs> just, I just, I just have to say Peter Parker, Spider-Man. He's my favorite superhero. I love him. I love this comic book. I I'm looking it forward to that issue. An 8.5. Did you read anything else good, Roman? Uh, you know, I it's it's old, but I read um, book one, the hardcover of Starhenge because I missed issue three, oh. so I never I never finished the series. So I read Shout the, out James Burke. Yeah, I read the uh, read the collection. God, I love it. It's so good. So Dude, funny. I really want that hardcover <laughs> just based on your enthusiasm for the issues that I heard you talk about and James' enthusiasm and I think I fanboy like I, I do that hardcover looks gorgeous. I do really want a copy of that book. I'm it is sure. it is beautiful and it's such a I, I could definitely see why, why a lot of people might not like it. I mean, there's every now and then there's a page or two pages of just info dump, but it's not like uh, like in one of the X-Men books where it's just a page of text like as a report. It's it's info up but in the narrative voice of one of the characters and it's and it just totally works for me i mean it's fun and goofy and a whole bunch of information that's mythological slash pseudo historical which i dig that it's just, it's just a lot of fun and it is gorgeous and he tries all these different art styles and stuff and it's it's fun what would you give it oh i'd give it a 10 oh yeah nice he gave those issues a 10 Roman, before we get out of here, I don't feel like you particularly like this Spider-Man run. Can you tell me what you don't particularly like about it? Or like, are you even just comparing it to the last two runs? So like, you know, we had that Spider-Man Beyond run. I forget who was even writing that. Maybe Nick Spencer? No, there was Nick Spencer. There was somebody after that. I'm yeah, just I don't, curious. I don't like, who it was. Um, well, for the most part, I I haven't enjoyed um, J.R. Jr.'s art. Okay. Um totally and this and this latest storyline i'm just like and then especially the last not this latest issue but the last issue yeah that issue it actually kind of annoyed me a little because i was like this is just a ripoff of the dimension z captain america storyline where he was in except then cap was in another dimension where time flowed differently and he came back and like a week had passed but years had passed for him um and then they resolved Mary Jane's children by just doing the Scarlet Witch thing. We're like, Oh, they blinked out of existence. They never happened. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. 
I like the oh. tragedy of that a lot, but I mean, just because like they we weren't connected to them. But I, I, I almost just looking for other people who I respect's opinion because there's a lot of people whose opinion I don't respect who are <laughs> trashing it. And uh, yeah, those happen reasons, to be loud. Yeah, yeah, those, they're all the, very, very loud. Yeah, those reasons are silly. I was just, I just felt like you know, I've seen this in so many other comics already, and mm-hmm. and the art's not doing it for me, so. Come on, let's get this, wrap this up and get on with things. <laughs> I do like the mechanism of the time shift thing, because like I agree, the Captain America thing happened and we were with him the entire time while he was there. And then he came back in a time and passed. I really like the emotional turmoil of Peter being separated from Mary Jane and him moving slow while she moving moves fast. I, I really like that because mm-hmm. um, it adds this this total amount of urgency but yeah i totally get that and then also i i totally get the john ramita thing like that is all nostalgia for me um r.i.p yeah. john ramita senior yeah and, and mm-hmm. peter's stuff his panic and stuff was well done i did like that but mm-hmm. i didn't really feel anything about mary jane's plight because they didn't really sh- take a long very m- much time to show that that's more ambivalence. I'm curious yeah. what the people who don't like it are complaining about. I haven't heard a thoughtful yeah. version of that yet. I didn't read the whole be- like the first 20 issues or so. <laughs> did he do something super woke? No. Huh. Not at all. It sounds like that kind of response to me where people were it, offended it's a little that like Spider-Man that. used they them pronouns for somebody there's, correctly. There's also like the the Mary like the people who want Mary Jane and Peter together, like that mm-hmm. group is very upset. Um, online at least um man people are so fucking stupid it's a story <laughs> you want and... a happy spider-man now i'm not nobody's gonna read that shit also zero like, people want happy comics like also that. <laughs> like how does every story wrap up like peter and mary jane like mary jane and peter are spider-man yeah like, he will always be with her at the end like yeah. not that much is allowed to change in comic books so like I love his relationship with Black Cat, so I'm very into that. I prefer it, like I said, mm-hmm. so I love that we get some of that in here. I think it's really well written. I like her care for Peter um, and also her security with allowing him to grieve mm. while not taking it personal right? while being in a relationship with him. Like, that's really great. I love the bit about, like, when she just kind of coaxed him into being like, yeah, I, I love Mary Jane. Like, I'm not still in love with her. It's changing, but like, I'm always going to love her. I was like, that is a really adult way to write this series. But yeah, I'm just, I'm looking for the people who don't like it that can actually make me feel like they have something that they're saying that's useful. Do you go out and leave positive reviews for everything you love? I try to leave a lot of positive reviews. Like even my Twitter handle is like my bio is like, I'm just a guy who cones a comic shop and I'm trying to spread positivity. So my role on Twitter and the only tweets that I do are ones of, you know, like admonishing is admonishing a good or bad thing. Admonishing is negative. Okay. Uh, approving, approving, praising, (laughs) praising people's art or people's stories or artists and actors that are doing things like my whole role there is to just try and offset a little bit the insane fountain of negativity that exists i wish there was more of that because i think that the people who like things are more numerous than the people who hate things yeah but it's way more fun to write a negative review about something than a positive review about something because you can't use words like butts and farts and (laughs) bag for positive reviews i read wolverine this week um they're still making wolverine comics and beast (laughs) has cloned a bunch of wolverines and he's like well he's revived them using krakoan technology but 
he's stopped their mental development and increased their physical development. And so they're all really, really dumb. But there's a line, Django. Wow, I love that cover. Dude, this art is so good in this. Um, it's uh, Is it Lenal You? No, the art inside is uh, Van Rip, Jose Van Rip. Oh, he's oh, did, awesome. Yeah, yeah, he did some bad idea stuff. Yeah, he did a bunch of stuff uh, with Avatar and Garth Ennis. Like, yeah, 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 you're right. You're totally right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like he's got kind of a Jason Burroughs style. Yeah, and it's paper also dolls. kind of uh jeff darrowy as well really thick ink lines and lots of mm-hmm. thin detail line so anyway um i know a lot of people are sick of the info dumps in x-men comics and i think they are used really really poorly a lot of the time and then occasionally i, I really like them but in this one we've got like maverick's logbook about the wolverine clones he's like yeah the basic functionality is broken down to reptilian brains most would call it um I don't understand how, but B seems to have engineered a clone that has a mature body, but a base mind somewhere between childish and animalistic, a dumb soldier, a living sword. So far, it doesn't find fart jokes funny, but give it time. I'm <laughs> going to make it happen. Yep. And I yep. was like, oh, Django, Django's yeah, I here. So I, I, just, I had to share that little bit of dialogue in there, which was a pretty nice shout out. I love that. Uh, um, Benjamin Percy is always thinking about my guy Django. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that about Benjamin. He's Percy. not Mark Revel, Mark Russell level putting a banana and everything, but it's pretty not cool. yet. Not yet. Give it not time. We yeah. just gotta let him know that we're watching. Yeah. Um. All right, guys. Well, I think we're gonna get out of here. I think we're gonna get out of here. My soul is prepared. How's yours? Mine's prepared. That's Everyone... an Indiana Jones reference, Jeff. Oh, never mind. Sorry, I didn't get it enough. But I'm so excited to get to go see that movie with you, buddy. Oh, I can't wait. I'm gonna walk out of it and shit all over it. <laughs> no, there's no way I'm gonna see it and not like it. It's like getting to there's it's I I get I get the gift of getting to watch it with the biggest Indiana Jones fan I know, which will just inherently make it a more positive experience for me. I also like those movies. Um, everyone should go see Across the Spider Verse and The Flash if you haven't seen those yet. There are two good comic book movies in the theaters right now that I would yes. give higher scores than a lot of the comic book movies that come out. So go check those things out. They're all they are both a ton of fun, which is more than I can say when there's been two comic book movies in the theater at one time. Um, both a ton of fun. So go check those out. Uh, yeah, I think that's what I got. Django just raised his seat. I think he wants to get his standing time on his phone. In. To close my rings. I don't want to yeah. stay up late to get another hour of standing in, bud. Yeah, I love that. Um, well, in that case, I'm going to get out of here so I can watch Django stand through his window. I am always Jeff. You can send us an email to jeff at thecomicsplace.com, and that will get to us. Will, thank you as always for doing that. Uh, Nicholas Wankowski, I know you're out there. I know you're listening. You need to either send me a text for this podcast or send us an email or a voicemail. I'm Whisper st- something into your phone. I'm for Jeff. staring at you from the fifth dimension, watching you at all times, which means I'm watching that little bare-ass year's hump. Um, but yeah, anybody can get stared at by my fifth dimensional eye by writing us an email, uh, Jeff at the I'm Django. He's standing. I'm Roman. I'm not standing. I thought I was Django. Man. You're Django too. Really good idea for a question, but then I forgot it. I'm sorry, guys. I'm falling down on the job. I should write it down. Well, you're standing a lot. I fell because I fainted. I love you guys. We'll see y'all next week for 319. And Roman's got a special surprise for you all next week. I can't wait. I do. Yeah. It's going to be so fun.